Hello and welcome to another edition of Unstuck with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. And today's episode is all going to be about achieving your ultimate body and weight loss. Now as a hypnotist, as a change worker, as an agent of change, I get an awful lot of people that come in that want to lose weight, that want to get in better shape. They know what to eat. They know what not to eat. They know how to exercise. They know how to move their body. Yet they do not do what they know. They've tried all kinds of diets, all kinds of regimes. But they've never actually got to that underlying software, that underlying problem that's caused them to be overweight in the first place. Which always means, I just like, like to use the metaphor, it's almost like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. You're always, if you're always trying to treat the problem from the outside in of eating, I've got to change my diet, oh I've got to change the way I exercise, and you don't deal with the reasons inside why you overeat, when you're stressed, when you're sad, when you're happy, then you're going to be on this roller coaster of misery for an awful long time. So when I, when I see people um, for weight loss issues, it's always an inside out approach, meaning we start on the inside and then we make our way out to the outside. It's the reverse for every kind of diet you can imagine out there. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the four rules with you, that if you follow these four rules, you will take control of your weight for the rest of your life, without having to hire me or a hypnotist, another hypnotist, a personal trainer, a dietitian. If you're going to follow these four rules coming up today, you just simply will control your weight once and for all. And I'm going to start saying weight release from now on. Now occasionally I might slip up and say weight loss because I've been saying it for 30 some odd years now. So occasionally I'm going to slip up so I hope you forgive me, forgive me for that because I'm a human being. But it's about weight release because first of all in our mind, our mind interpretates everything very, very symbolic inside our minds. Very, very literal is what I'm trying to say here. So when you say weight loss, when you think about loss in general, well, I lost my job, I lost my girlfriend, I lost my keys, I lost my wallet, I lost my house, I lost my dog. There ain't a lot of good positive emotions and positive associations linked to loss. So you're thinking about weight loss, your mind, your unconscious mind is often now caught into that association pattern of loss, loss, loss. And who wants to lose anything? Who wants to have a loss? None of us do. So we're going to start saying weight release from now on. Some of the language, the way we talk to ourselves, makes a very, very big difference. Now here's the thing. I had this story myself. I had weight issues for most of my life. I was even a personal trainer for a, for a long period of time. I knew how to train. I knew how to eat. I'd gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, lose 50 pounds, gain 50 pounds. As soon as I lost that 50 pounds, I was like, oh great, now I can go back to eating the way that I did until I became a fat bastard again. And this went on for a long, long time. And I was, a, I was a trainer, and I was a fat trainer. I was a hypnotist, and I was a fat hypnotist. And this uh, pattern went on for such a long time in my life that one day I was just sick and tired of it. Because I came to this realization, and the realization was this. I told myself that overeating, that by eating a bunch of sugar, by eating a bunch of carbohydrates, made me feel good. Until one day, I didn't just buy into that. I tested it. I'm like, well... I was feeling bad one day. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to eat this sugar, I'm going to eat all these carbs, this white processed crap, and let me see if I feel better. 
and after a couple of sips of the frappuccino, a couple of bites of the donut, you know what? I didn't feel any better. So this story that I've been telling myself my whole life, that overeating, that eating these carbohydrates made me feel better, it didn't. It was just a crock of shit. It didn't make me feel any better. It just made me fatter. And it was at that, that, that point that this revolution, revolution if you will, went off inside my head. That actually they don't make me feel better. It just anesthetized me. It just stopped me from feeling things that I didn't want to feel. So one day, I'm like, when I made this realization, I'm like, I don't know what it is that I don't want to feel. I don't even need to know what it is, but I know it's dark and I know it's scary and I've been running from it for about 35 some odd years now. So you know what? I'm going to just wait. I'm going to stand there and let it come for me. But whatever happens, I'm not going to overeat in this time. I'm going to let it come and let it do its worst because I've been running. I'm sick and tired of running and I'm sick and tired of having this problem. Hell, if I'm going to go on and live my life and be any kind of success, then give me a bunch of new problems. I'm sick of these old problems. So I remember I was walking around downtown Toronto. I think it was like one spring, one autumn. And I just, I just felt that urge that I needed to eat, I needed to eat, I needed to eat a bunch of sugar. Now I wasn't hungry, I mean I was head hungry, but not tummy hungry. We'll get into that a bit later on. I thought I wanted to eat, but I wasn't physiologically hungry at all. And I realised, I'm like, ah, because I, I want to run from something, I want to hide from something. What was it? I didn't need to know. didn't need to know what it was because I was doing it to myself inside my mind and I'm like, I'm just going to, whatever this thing is, I'm just going to sit it out and let it come for me. I'm not going to use my skills as a hypnotist or a change worker to try and make it disappear. I'm going to let it come for me and whatever it needs to do, I will let it do it, but I'm not going to run from it. And then this deep cloud, this deep sadness came over me and it was horrible. It was very dark. And I, I don't know where it came from, but it was dark, it was miserable, it was very scary, and uh, very lonely, very sad. And um, I felt like shit, quite frankly, for about 75 minutes. And then it just disappeared, and I didn't medicate myself to try and block it out. I took it, didn't know why it came, it came, and then it just lifted. And that 75 minutes seemed to last an eternity. But it did pass. And at that point, I realized whatever this feeling was, this sadness, I'd been running and running and over-medicating myself with food, telling myself I was hungry, telling myself that overeating, especially carbohydrates, made me feel good. It didn't. It never did. I was just trying to run away from this feeling. And as soon as I accepted the feeling, I never had to do that again. And pretty much at that point, all my eating issues stopped. A true story. So when I'm working with people with these issues, we never directly go after the diet or go after the training. We go after those deep issues that are inside, of those, those malware, if you will, in your brain. Now, I'm not saying you're a computer, but those viruses that have been running through, through you, that have been causing you to make bad decisions and feel like shit, that's the things we go after to delete, put up that firewall inside your mind so it don't affect you anymore. Now, when it comes to four rules of weight loss that I teach all my clients. I'm going to teach it for you today. Really, really easy. I didn't develop these. I did not come up with these. I just tend to use them. The four rules are very, very simple. I'm taking them from Paul McKenna, a very famous hypnotist. I'm not sure. I don't even think Paul invented them. I think they, they, they actually pre-exist Paul, but Paul made these concepts um, quite popular. And it's really, really simple. I'm going to unpackage these for you as well. 
the four rules to weight release. See, I'll catch myself sometimes uh, messing up here and saying weight loss. But weight release of these. Number one, when you're hungry, eat. And I mean tummy hungry, not head hungry. How do you know the difference? Well, when was the last time you truly felt tummy hungry? Where your tummy, where your stomach was talking to you and it's like, feed me, I'm friggin' hungry, I'm starving. When was the last time you had that experience? I've worked with some clients, actually quite a few clients, many clients in fact, that they can't even remember the last time they were truly hungry. But they are overweight, some of them even morbidly obese. So I set, so for some of my clients who haven't ever had that sensation or can't remember it, I set them a task and the task is simple. You are not going to eat until you're tummy hungry. Doesn't matter what your head says, doesn't matter what your routine or your clock says, doesn't matter if everyone else around you is eating, you cannot eat again until you feel tummy hungry. Now of course they are going to eat again because at some point they are going to get hungry. But oftentimes they report to me that they don't even get hungry for 18 hours, 24 hours. They drink plenty of water in that time, but they don't feel any hunger. And it's the first time they gave themselves the opportunity, just the pleasure of actually allowing that real hunger to start. So rule number one, when you're tummy hungry, eat. If you're head hungry, don't. Now if you're stressed, you're bored, you're happy, you're excited, you're down, you're sad. And you want to eat? No, you don't eat. You deal with those emotions. And the kind of work that I do with people, we help them to deal with those kind of emotions, doing self-hypnosis, doing hypnosis with me, or doing some kind of meditation, doing some kind of change work, all that kind of stuff. So if you're feeling an emotion, good or bad, deal with the emotion, let the emotion run its course, but you're not allowed to eat. But if you're tummy hungry, absolutely, by all means eat, because that's your body's feedback mechanism telling you, hey, stupid, feed me. Rule number two is eat what you want to eat, not what you think you should eat. What's that mean? Well, example is this. There's a piece of chocolate pie, there's a plate of broccoli. If you do not like broccoli, if it repulses you, but you do like chocolate cake, chocolate pie, as our American listeners will call it, then by all means, have a piece of chocolate cake. Not the whole damn pie, or the whole damn cake, just a piece of it. You might say, well, well isn't that going to make me fat? No, nothing's going to make you fat. Not one thing that you can eat that's going to make you fat. Not even fat's going to make you fat. If you eat too much of anything, it has the ability to make you fat or give you intolerances. Now, here's the thing. Here's why the diet industry has about a 98 to 99% foul rate. That means when most people go on a diet or use some kind of miracle supplement or pill, that they, the, the inclination to fail, the statistics of failure is around about 98-99%, which gives it like one of the biggest foul rates possible. And it's, it's absolutely crazy. Because how most diets work is they restrict calories, they restrict certain foods, whether that's carbohydrates on an Atkins diet or a keto diet, whether that's just injecting vitamins and minerals and you're on a Dr. Bernstein diet, whether it's Weight Watchers where you're counting points or you're just doing a generic count in a certain amount of calories you can eat every day, you're restricting a certain foods that you might not be able to eat or you're restricting your calories. If you like donuts or insert the thing that you really, really like that you think is a naughty bad food, and by the way, there are no naughty or bad foods, but you know what I'm talking about, and think about the one that you really like. If I said, all right, you're never allowed to eat that ever again for as long as you live, at a pure willpower, some of you might be able to go a couple of days, heck, even a couple of weeks, but pretty much all of you at some point 
are going to break and are going to eat not just a donut but ten donuts or whatever that thing was. You're going to overindulge. You're waiting to fall off the wagon. But if you realise that whatever you want to eat, you're allowed to eat for the rest of your life, you're just going to eat less of it. You're not being restricted at that point. It doesn't even feel like you're on a diet because you're always allowed to eat what you want, but you just won't want to eat so damn much of it. So rule number two is eat what you want, not what you think you should eat. And if you do like broccoli over chocolate pie, then there's something really, really wrong with you. And I'm just kidding. Kind of. Not really. But you know what I mean. You can eat the broccoli if you choose. Um, rule number three is to eat consciously. Now, most of us who had problems with eating too much food in the past, we think about food all the time until we're actually eating. When we're thinking about something else, or in that emotion of stress, or just thinking about the next thing we're going to eat later on. We're not actually thinking about the thing that we're eating at this moment. We're not thinking about, we're not actually, we're thinking but we're not enjoying, we're not in our senses. So rule number three is eat consciously. What does that mean? It means that you chew your food a good 20 to 30 times. Your chewer essentially becomes liquid inside your mouth. You put your knife and fork down between every bite. You always leave a little bit of food on the back of your plate. You're like, Luke, 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 but I don't want to waste food. I don't, you know, it's bad to waste food. No, leave a little bit of food on your plate and you can eat it later on. It doesn't have to go to waste. You can give it to your dog, give it to one of your kids, or you can throw it away, whatever you want to do, but you don't necessarily have to waste it. But you're going to leave a little bit of food on your plate because that starts to train your unconscious mind to know that it's okay to leave a bit of food on the plate, nothing bad happens. So I don't know about you, but growing up I was part of the, the clean plate club. You know what I'm talking about. This is when my parents would tell me, eat everything on the plate and you'll grow up and you'll be big and strong. Eat everything on the plate and because there's people, kids starving in Africa or name the third world country that are dying because they're not getting enough food. So eat everything on your plate. You're not, you're not a child anymore and as an adult, as ridiculous as that sound, as logically as you know does or does not make sense, you're not working on logic when it comes to overeating or any of your emotions. They're being controlled essentially by a five-year-old that's putting strings inside. That's why illogical problems require illogical solutions. So by leaving a bit of food on the plate and realizing that you, no one blames you for someone's death in Africa or a third world country or your mum or dad isn't calling you up saying, I'll oh, see through that camera on your computer, I can tell you're not eating all your food. I'm going to come down, go over there and give you a spanking. Whatever it is, you realize as an adult, nothing bad happens to you. If it's appropriate, close your eyes when you eat. See, they've done studies with people, two groups of studies. Um, I believe this was in the mid-noughties, about 10 years ago. It may have been in England, I'm not entirely sure about that, but you can research this online. And um, these scientists took two groups of people, uh, and it was, I believe, for 12 weeks, and it was a uh, weight loss group, essentially, and um, none of them were allowed to exercise, and essentially they could eat whatever they wanted to do from a certain menu, and they weren't given restrictions. The only one group was just certainly just told that once you've ordered your food, when you just had to close. Whenever you eat your food, you had to close your eyes, and the other group um, were allowed to have their eyes open. That was the only difference between these two groups. And of the group that actually closed their eyes when they were eating, that group actually ended up losing about 55% more weight. Because once they closed their eyes, a lot of that food lost its appeal. So it's quite extraordinary, something as simple as that. A little hack like closing your eyes when it's appropriate when you eat will cause you, most likely, 
to eat less food. Um, that was rule number three, so eat consciously. Be aware of your food, chew it a good 20 to 30 times, leave a bit of food on your plate, put your knife and fork down. And here's a really important one. Turn off all distractions, turn off your TV, your cell phone, close the newspaper, switch off the Facebook, close your tablet, close any books, and just be mindful of what you're eating. Whatever you're eating, whatever it is, whether it's broccoli, chocolate cake, whatever, chicken pot pie, be there in that moment, enjoy the hell out of it. Not be five minutes into the future, not be an hour in the past, but be there, be present. And what all this does, it starts to slow down the whole eating process. Well, about 50, 60 years ago, when we used to eat, a meal that maybe would scoff down now in about three to five minutes, 50, 60 years ago, may have taken an hour for us to digest, for us to actually eat, because we had so much less distractions and eating was a far more uh, family time where people got together and it was more of an event. Now we're multitasking with all these million and one things to do while we're swiping right on Tinder or we're updating our Twitter status or we're seeing our friends on Facebook or we're illegally downloading this podcast or whatever it is, we're juggling all these balls at once but we're not focused on any one thing. So you end up scoffing, chow chowing down on this food way too fast. It takes approximately 20 minutes for the signal of safety that lets you know that you're satisfied from eating to go from your tummy to your head. So in the old days, the meal would be over 20 minutes, sometimes up to an hour, the same meal that you need in about five minutes now. But now because we eat so damn fast, that this meal that should take us a minimum of 20 minutes, we've done in five so it takes our body another 15 minutes to remember, oh, and to register that it's actually satisfied. It doesn't need to eat anymore. And what do you do in that 15 minutes, that waiting for that signal? You end up eating more and more and more, getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And lastly, when you feel satisfied, you stop. What does that mean when I'm stuffed after Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, then I should stop? No, no, no. It means when you're satisfied, not when you're stuffed, not when you feel absolutely bloated like a pig, but when you feel satisfied, when you just feel like that was the right amount to fill me. When you've done that, then you simply stop. And you're like, well, Luke, then what, what, what do I do when I'm hungry later on? You do the same thing. You Number one, you eat when you're hungry, not when you're tummy hungry, not when you're head hungry. Number two, you eat what you want, not what you think you should eat. Number three, you eat consciously. Knife and fork down between bites, chew 20 to 30 times. Close your eyes if appropriate, leave a bit of food on your plate, don't have to waste it, you can eat it later if you want to, and eat consciously. Turn off all the electronic devices, close the books, the newspapers, and just be mindful what you're doing. And then when you feel satisfied, number four, stop, that's it. I know it sounds ridiculously simple, but you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a personal trainer, hundreds of dollars on a nutritionist. You don't have to buy any more books. You don't have to even download that app if you don't want to. You do not need to invest in a miracle pill, a miracle supplement. If you do those things, and if that's all that you did, it would make a profound impact in your waistline and how you felt. Changing the very mechanics on how you eat, turning somebody that's basically you're in a state of hypnosis when you're eating because you're not even thinking about it and your hands in a when what we call in hypnosis catalepsy when you're biting when you're eating something and you're turning it into a complete conscious movement and it loses it loses a lot of fun it loses a lot of fun there so you go from making that switch from 
living to eat to eating to live and that's always my goal when I'm working with weight loss clients well that's been another episode of unstuck with hypnopunk transformation with edge i hope you enjoyed it please leave your feedback on itunes or wherever you're listening to this please give us a thumbs up so we can grow and give us some ideas for future co- topics you'd like to see covered by me hypnopunk thank you and always believe <laughs>